This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome to the EVP Podcast Halloween Special. Ooh. This is Ghosty. This is DVO. And I'm Beaker. Beaker's back. I'm hey, back. He's back, bitches. His UTI is cured from all the cranberry juice he drank. <laughs> I'm so glad you drank all the cranberry juice. Upper respiratory infection. That's what I said. No. Tracked. (laughs) Don't be gay. (laughs) Welcome to the Halloween episode, everybody. Happy Halloween. It's Halloween. Halloween day. All Hallows Eve. So cuddle up. Get your blanket. And your hot cocoa. Hot cocoa. With whiskey. Ooh, there we go. Hot toddy. Mm Mm-hmm. Get ready for the ghost stories that we've been talking about. We've been talking about them coming, and here they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'll start with a story from... This came from an email from Rachel. Uh, she didn't say where she was from, but we'll share this story. This goes back to 1993. Okay. I like that throwback. So this, she says, A friend of mine loaned me a book by Anne and Lorraine Warren called The Demonologist. Have you read that book? I have not read that. That's actually a really good book. Okay. I do want to read it, though. Is it them telling a story or them so telling the it's experience? It's written by Gerald Bitter or Britter or oh. something like that. It's written by somebody else, but it does go over a lot of their accounts and stories, one of them being the Annabelle case. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a lot of details on the Annabelle case in that book. Ah. It's actually the book, so Vera Farmiga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she started reading that book when she was preparing for her Conjuring. role as uh, Lorraine in The Conjuring. Ah, nice. Right. Okay, I'm going to read it one day. Watch. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she, I was halfway through when the first encounter happened. I was woken up by an intense sense of dread, and at the foot of the bed was something dark and over seven foot tall. The amount of hate I felt that it had for me was extreme. As I tried to scream... I began to feel choked and suffocated, even though it never moved. I was finally able to utter my husband's name, and as soon as he hit the door, the thing disappeared. I immediately returned the book to my friend without finishing it. But it didn't help because this was followed by years of terror between spaces of peace. The thing came back many times where I was held down, scratched, and terrorized by thoughts that weren't my own. The last event led me to the Catholic Church where I became a confirmed Catholic. The morning after my confirmation was the first morning in years that I woke up with no racing thought, no nightmares, and no attacks. Wow. Interesting. Seven feet tall. Like a a shadow? Yeah, like a... Wow. Like a dark figure just standing there. But she didn't say like how how many years though, right? She just said... Just many years. Just many years, yeah. Wow. Imagine like... Gosh, can you imagine just waking up and the big shadow just holding you down sometimes? I mean, those type of things sound like sleep paralysis because but it happens so much. Yeah, and more real. Yeah, because it happens so much. And, and she said she got thoughts not her, of her own. Oh, yeah, not her own thoughts. That definitely those are pretty... That's, that's insane, yeah. That's, yeah, that's not the first time I've heard about that book, Cousin. Like, and people that own it? Uh, just like the bear... Um, I think she only read it on the airplane. Like, she wouldn't read it by herself. Somebody you knew? Vera Farmiga. Oh, Vera Farmiga. Oh, yeah. yeah, One of the fans of the show. Yeah. (laughs) Huge fan, fan. yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, she kissed Patrick Wilson. That's okay. I bet you're so jealous, huh? A little bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, she had experiences reading the book, too. Ah, interesting. (coughs) All right. So, all right. Well, here's another story. This is from From Rachel. 
No, this is from a, uh, our friend Jocelyn. Oh. This is we're another story. Taking, we're not taking turns. He's just going to go. Oh, I thought, we were, I thought we were... Okay, we're taking turns. We're Sorry, taking I turns. thought we were just all going to go... No. Okay, you, you're next. You're next. Right, so. Go up. DVO, it's your turn. <laughs> this is Alex from Salt Lake City. And he told me he was staying home alone with, with one of his friends. And he was in his room. And his friend, Spencer, was at the bathroom. And he saw the door close and the light turn on and off. And he called his friend, like, why did you do that? He said, why did I do what? He said, why did you flip the light on and off and close the door? He said, I didn't. I thought you did it from the bathroom. I could see I could see that. I could see the light turn on and off and the door close. I thought, I didn't think anything of it. So Alex experienced that where the lights went on and off, the door closed. He's in the room by himself. And his friend in the bathroom saw the same thing in the house. And then he's, he told it to his sister. His sister has now moved out of the house. And she said that she also had some experiences in the house where she was in the mirror and she saw like a, a almost like Ghost's experience that he told last week where he saw like an older person coming through the mirror and the reflection of the mirror when, when they were home alone. So same house, just many, many years apart. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Have you seen a reflection figure in the mirror? Have I seen my reflection in the no, mirror? No, seen a reflection of someone else. Seen, well, if someone's standing next to me. Someone that's actually not alive. yes. <laughs> actually yes. I uh, actually I didn't see it. I think um, Angela saw it when we were going through the museum last year when the Bella Lugosi's mirror in, uh-huh. the, in the basement of the museum. Um, I felt like there was someone standing between us. She said she actually sat, saw someone in the mirror standing in between her and I. Oh, but there was no yeah. one physically I, there. I remember so something I, about I didn't, something like that. I didn't see it, but okay. someone, I was there when someone else saw it. Interesting. I was there, too. You were there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've not personally seen it, but okay. I have been there when someone else has. Interesting. All right, Beaker, what story do you have for us? So this one comes from Chris up in Idaho. Okay. And I've actually heard some of his stories before, and I thought they were really good. I was able to get him to share with us. Um, so his starts out, he uh, grew up with three siblings. There was there was him. Uh, at this time, his older brother was seven. He was six. His little sister was four, and his youngest brother was three. He says his parents would leave him alone a lot at night. Uh, while they were out and it would be bedtime they'd be all asleep in the living room just kind of huddled up like puppies but his oldest brother uh, would take care of them the best he could okay you know being seven years old yeah um, every night they were alone it was the same routine they would lay out their blankets and pillows and they'd fall asleep uh, one night while they were laying down his little brother Santos and his little sister Letty were already asleep and all of a sudden his sister started to rise up off the floor uh, her head was limp, her arms were hanging, and her eyes were rolled back in her, into the back of her head, and her hair was hanging down. So she basically just started full-on levitating. Yeah! Right? Holy shit. Uh, his oldest brother and him, they weren't even asleep yet uh, when this started to so happen. they're just awake, and all of a sudden she just starts rising up? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, as a kid, they didn't know what to do. You know, they're right. six and seven. Uh, they were confused because... Her, their little sister is just the, the floating, right? Yeah. And she's about two feet off the ground. 
his oldest brother started trying to push her back towards the ground. Uh, but she didn't fall with the flood. She just kind of float, slowly uh, descended back to the floor. Uh, she was totally oblivious to what had happened. Her eyes still shut. She was still asleep. She had no idea. Um, you know, and it's it's just like one of those, like, how do you explain this to your parents? Yeah. Kind of like, you know, what you talked about last yeah. week. Like, people probably think you're crazy when you're saying this stuff. But he had witnesses with him. That was the cool yeah. part. Yeah. Like, it's, he's not alone. His brother's there. So a little bit later, his parents show up, and they can't wait to tell them about the special power that their sister has while she's sleeping. It's a good way to explain it, yeah. They, you know, they don't, they don't know. Um, he says he remembers that both him and his brother, while they were talking uh, over each other, trying to tell their parents that Letty had this power and that she can float while in the air while she sleeps. And obviously they didn't believe him. Yeah. You know, that's... What what parents going to believe a kid? Right. Oh, yeah, our sister sleeps. She floats. <clears throat> Um, like you just dream, you're just dreaming. So they just kind of disregarded it, and it wasn't really brought up again until several years later. Um, his second story, uh, he's uh, said they were living in the second bedroom uh, in a two-bedroom single-wide trailer, and not too long after his sister was floating, he says it's about a week or so. Um, his oldest brother and him they were sleeping in their room. When the all of a sudden their mom barges into the room and turns the light on in panic and yells, uh, "Donde este tu hermana? Hermana? Where's your sister? Where's your sister?" Uh, he remembers his brother and him sitting up in bed saying, "We don't know. We have no idea." And he you can... check the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. Okay. <laughs> Uh, he can clearly remember his brother rubbing his eyes as he told his mom that he, they don't know. And all of a sudden, they heard the little sister screaming outside. Uh, his brother and his bedroom were directly across from the back door. And as soon as they heard his little sister screaming, uh, his stepdad was also in a state of panic, opened the back door, and saw his little sister running by the back door, screaming and looking back as if she was being chased by a dog. You know, it's, he says, uh, have you ever seen a, a, a child run from a rooster or a dog? They're, they're running for dear life, looking uh -huh. back and screaming. Yep, yep. It was so loud that the neighbors were coming out of their houses. She was running laps around the trailer. Uh, the only thing she knew what to do was to stay safe, was to stay close to the trailer. And about after her third lap, his stepdad yelled at her to run inside. So she ran up the stairs inside and the, his uh, dad shut the door. So they noticed the the front door is wide open. She um, she couldn't sleep alone for a long time after that. Interesting. But the mom barged in. Yeah, his, I wonder why she barged in the room asking, "Where's your sister?" Wait, did they share a room? I thought I kind of got the impression they shared a room. He shared the him and his brother shared a room. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Um, I'm I'm thinking his sister slept in a different room. Okay. Um, and then she went to go check and probably saw she wasn't there. So she came in. Probably. Yeah, she's probably just checking on the kids. Yeah. Like, you know, making sure they're all tucked in and, and sleeping. Wow. Um, so his little sister, I guess, would sleep in the living room alone uh, while the boys slept in the second bedroom uh, of their parents, uh, with his parents in the other bedroom at the end of the hallway uh, before that night. He observed after that night that every time his little sister had to go to the bathroom, she would stop at the hallway and look to make sure the man was not there before she would walk down the hallway. Uh, it wasn't long after after that that they packed up and they moved to Parma, Idaho, where it just got worse. 
Um, <clears throat> his sister had a name for it and also communicated with it. And he says, my brothers and I had seen it on different occasions. And he came face to face with it, uh, with two of them. So he knows that it was more than one. So there's more than one thing wow. kind of haunting them. Uh, he knows that his sister was the center of it all. And because it got to her in the end. Um, and he goes on to say he doesn't want to reveal too much because he's he's trying to write a book about this. And I, I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah, now that where, you say that. Where... Um, He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a ton of stories. Yeah. And like, and like I said, I'm getting that book. You tell me when it's released, yeah, you write where the, it's at. We'll, we'll, we'll read it and give us our honest review. Yeah. So, uh, he does go on to say at the very end, he, he thinks that we're awesome. He loves the chemistry that the three of us have. He thinks we're funny as hell. He said, heck, but I said, hell, <laughs> um, says he appreciates us giving him a platform to share his experiences. He's excited to hear our opinions and our thoughts yeah. on his story. And I think it's just crazy. Like. I, I I wouldn't know what to right. do either. If I'm like six years old and I see my sister start floating, like I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah, I got, I got goosebumps right now. You like see. that's just crazy. That is. I mean, oh man, that, that, that's spooky. And he never really said what she was running from, no. right? Because yeah, they didn't see anything. They didn't see anything. But she was looking back at something. She sees something. She sees something chasing her. So, wow. That I know is. he's talked about before. He didn't say this in his email, but he's told me where they've woken up and seen like a shadow figure just staring at him. Sounds like the man. So right, yeah, it's yeah. the man. Like that's just crazy. Like honestly, like what what would you think? Like when Ghosty, you know, he says he saw the mist, but like what if you happen to walk into his room and he was like floating off of his bed? I, I, I probably, you know, I, I think sometimes you can't wrap your head around that. Like this doesn't seem like reality, and I think that's why people freeze. That's why I think it's hard for people to pull out their cell phones because when they see something that's not in their realm of reality, they just kind of freeze. And you're just observing at that point, saying, "What the hell am I looking at? What this is not normal." I think that's why people freeze and don't pull out their phones right away to record, because you're just in like this state of shock, which is probably what I would be like as well. If I was floating there, you would be like, "Stop your nonsense! <laughs> Where's that string located? At? <laughs> you're up to no good." <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine like some of these stories that you've all shared. Like, I can't imagine. I've dealt with stuff, but it's like on purpose. You know, like, my experiences growing up with the paranormal is I always saw a man, like, standing underneath one of the trees in my front yard, but that was about it. Hmm, interesting. You know, I never really, like, I kind of knew stuff was there, but nothing as crazy as, like, what you guys have experienced growing up. You know? like yeah, my, when you're my not parent, asking for it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, my paranormal experiences is, like, I'm going out, I'm trying to investigate. Right. I'm trying so, to get... so you're you're mentally in a state where, like, okay, I'm I'm ready for this. So if I see something unusual, kind of what I'm here for. Yeah. But when you just walk into it, it's, you know, especially it's something a, else. Especially as a kid when you're only, like, six or seven. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's just got to be terrifying. Because you probably haven't heard many ghost-like stories or watched shows about paranormal at that age. Like, you don't... Yeah, used to that, right? Well, you gotta think he's about our age, so this is gonna okay. be like the eighties, right? So where yeah, that's not like prevalent. Like there wasn't. I mean, you talked about last week. I think it was you guys. Unsolved mysteries yeah. was. It yeah, that, about there it. wasn't a whole lot Sightings of shows. Uh-huh. It wasn't really widely discussed like it is now. Yeah, exactly. So your realm of what's real and what's not real, just you can't grasp that. Like what? What am it's I not like at? now, like where you tell people, like, "Oh, I can see spirits," and people are like, "Cool, like, let's work on that." Yeah, Back yeah, then, yeah. It's just like you're crazy. Don't uh-huh. you need help? We're gonna burn <laughs> you at the stake. <laughs> Pretty much. 
With it, well, Chris, great story once again. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. We appreciate you sharing, dude. Yeah. I go see another story there. Okay, so this one's from our friend Jocelyn. Jocelyn, again, thank you for all your stories. We love them. Appreciate it. So this story, she says, I lived in an apartment in Layton. I think I was Layton, about Utah. five. I remember waking up from hearing what sounded like a chair scraping the floor. I got out of my bed that what in the master bedroom, well, Oh, sorry about that. I just was reading this a little funny. Okay, I got out of my bed, went into the master bedroom with my mom. I looked to see if she was sleeping, and she was. So I thought maybe my brothers were up there messing around in the kitchen. I walked out of the room, and I could see the kitchen light was on. I looked into one room that two of my brothers shared, and I could see from their, from, from their light in the kitchen that they were both in bed. Hmm. So I walked further down the hall, and as I was passing the room my oldest brother was in, I could see that he was in bed as well. When I saw that my oldest brother was in the kitchen, uh, was... Oh, sorry about that. When I saw that my oldest brother was in the kitchen, the light flashed off and on. I looked wide-eyed and I slowly walked up to the kitchen and kind of peeked around to look through the archway and I saw no one. I stood there and I looked around thinking I knew I heard a noise in here. I was ready to head back to the bed when one of the kitchen chairs slid across the floor and hit the back wall. I started crying and I ran back to my room and my mom woke up and was asking me what was wrong and I tried telling her what I had seen and she just kept telling me that it was probably my brother's playing a mean joke or it was just a nightmare. And then found out later, years later, that she was having experiences as well. Her mom was? Her mom was, yeah. Wow, I almost almost cried for you. I can imagine (laughs) at that age... You're you're the only one awake in the house, and a chair slides and hits the wall. Yeah, oh seeing my a chair slide like that, that would freak me the hell out. I know exactly. I would have ran. I would have ran off. Yeah, <laughs> I would have peaced out. Nope. You'd have peed your pants. I'm oh my peaced god. Out. <laughs> You'd pee that ETI this. right out. Yeah, <laughs> twice. <laughs> wow, that's a, wow, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that would freak me out. Yeah, I mean, that, that's obviously poltergeist activity at that point, right? Right. Yeah. right? Well, she's she's ex- shared experiences with us before. Like, the one that stands out the most for me is when she came home when she was sick, and she went down to go to sleep, and she heard a voice like yeah. telling her to go upstairs, uh-huh. and her um, electric blanket ended up like catching fire on her bed. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. <clears throat> so here's another story she shared. Oh, nice. All right, moving in with my grandparents. I remember just really hating being in the house. I definitely hated it when I had to go to bed. I remember once waking up in the middle of the night and having the blankets pulled off. I was frozen still, and I just laid there with my hands over my eyes till I inevitably fell asleep. There was one night where I fell asleep on the couch watching TV, and I woke up abruptly to the sound of footsteps. It just sounded like someone was stomping up and down the stairs. I heard them go up the stairs and stop. I heard footsteps going through the kitchen and then stopping at the couch where I was laying. I had the blanket pulled up over my head, but I had just had that sense that someone was standing over me. Then the blanket that I had over me started shaking as if somebody was trying to pull it from me. I just remember gripping really tight, but in all honesty, I was a scrawny eight-year-old girl. It would be no contest gripping it from me. Then I heard the side door unlock, which usually meant it was around 2.30 in the morning and my grandfather was getting home from work. 
The shaking of the blanket stopped. I knew the cover. I threw the covers up over my head and shot up. I didn't see anyone, but honestly, I wasn't looking. I just ran to my grandpa and hugged him. Jeez, that would be freaky having your blankets ripped off of you. Yeah, I, I mean, Jocelyn has stories at her house, apartment she's lived in, her grandparents' house, work. Yeah, she has a lot of uh, things attached to you, maybe. <laughs> but maybe you already knew that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If, if there was, there wasn't anything at Benson Grismel when she showed up. Or. That I noticed, anyways. Yeah, or they're just kind of a, like attracted to her because maybe they know that she's sensitive. Open. She's probably sensitive. Yeah, she's probably sensitive. So, and, and maybe the spirits realize that, like, oh, that, someone I can communicate with. Yeah, get those blankets also can talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, no, another great story. Yeah, good one. Thank you so much. All right, this is coming from Damien in Las Vegas. He says, hey, EVP team, I've got a pretty recent story for you. A few years ago, I was dating this woman that told me she believed she had a spirit attached to her. She's told me uh, the experiences she's had growing up and what she's felt, seen, and heard. Further on in our relationship, we moved into an apartment together and three days into living there, I start experiencing things. One day, lounging on the couch on my day off from work, I start to doze off and I hear somebody loudly whisper in my ear, Hello? Can you imagine that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. home alone? <laughs> I uh, felt the jump. wind. I felt the wind from the word hit my ear and I stood right up expecting to see my girlfriend. She was not there. The last experience I had while dating her was once again me on the couch on my day off. I fell asleep on the couch the night before and she was just waking up. I see my reflection on my TV and while I'm looking at it, I see movement pass through my reflection. This obviously startled me and I, start, I tried looking again after putting my glasses on and found nothing. When we broke up, I never had another. A strange occurrence happened like that again. Thanks for all the episode, guys. I have a few more stories I can send you guys in the future. Cheers. Wow. <laughs> so have you ever had that happen? Have you heard woken up to hear a voice? I've woken up to hear a voice, but I I wouldn't be surprised if it was just part of my dream. You know, I, I think it's just part of my dream. But I've never had this where I was like awake and then I heard a voice and I could feel the air from the voice. Yeah, that's Whoa. the feeling the Whoa. air. That's pretty nuts. No, yeah. yeah, it's not fun. So tell, tell us your story, Beaker. Your experience uh, with that. So I I'd sleep with my bedroom door closed and locked. Um, so obviously there's only me in my room. I woke up one morning. Keep all the squatches was, out. Keep all the squatches out. <laughs> or in. Okay. <laughs> um, don't want them getting away. But you know how sometimes you wake up and you're still a little tired, so you're just like laying there with your eyes closed? Yeah. All of a sudden I hear this little girl's voice in my ear go hi wow i was up and out of my room i'll tell you that right now Wow! like i know who it was i know what spirit is inhabiting my home but it's you're not expecting you're not expecting that like 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 we said earlier when we go on a ghost hunt we're expecting it yes but when i'm just like you know in my room sleeping i'm not expecting to hear a kid's voice saying hi in my ear yeah well (laughs) that's that's spooky Damien, thank you for the story. Please send more. We want to hear them. Or read them. Yeah, we want to hear them too. (laughs) Yeah, you guys can send us recordings. Put in the email, in our DMs. Send us recordings. We'll we'll listen to that too. We want to thank everybody for 
taking the time to reach out to us and tell us their stories. We really appreciate it. And actually, um, Jocelyn said that her and uh, she's going to probably get together with someone else and do a recording and talk about some of their experiences for the next know, time she shares. Uh, we should get her. Just, we should just have her come and be on the show. Yeah, she's, she's she local, is local. Yeah, she has a lot of stories. A ton of stories. So it, I think it would be fun. We'll, we'll reach out to her. I'm sure she'll hear this because hear this, um, she listens. Before we're we talking even, to you. Before we even <laughs> upload them, she hears them somehow. She's amazing. <laughs> um, so this next one, is, it's a little long. Okay. This comes from Danny in Florida. All right. And she has had some crazy shit go on in her life. I know. I haven't, I haven't read these. I saw a lot of notifications of her sending us the messages, and I know Beaker's been on top of it. So, Danny, thank you. <laughs> up, I, up until I got sick, and then I kind of was slacking off. But... Um, we really appreciate you reaching out to us and sharing your stories with us. Um, she sent us an email first, and then and then she sent. Yeah, she sent us an email. That for some reason it went to our spam folder, so none of us saw the email because you know who checks spam, right? And so she reached out to us on Facebook Messenger, and then it just kind of so went hey, from did there. Hey, just get my email. <laughs> yeah, it was she was she was literally like so she's kind of going through her awakening and she's starting to open up and she's asking for advice, and then it turned into her telling us all these stories about. Her growing up in her house, I believe it was in Georgia. Okay. Um, but she had a lot of stuff going on. She did have, there was uh, several spirits in this home. Oh. There was at least three little boys and I believe two men. Okay. Um, so she wasn't able to actually see these spirits. I asked her this. She said her mom saw them. That's how she knew that they were there. Oh. Um, she did know that in their spare bedroom... That they were using as, I believe, a computer room. Um, that there was a portal in this in this room. She knew that for sure. So she's kind of, like I said, she's going through her awakening. She's been a sensitive her whole life. So she's kind of been more susceptible to this stuff. And um, when this stuff's going on, especially when you're like a... It happens more towards like teenage females. Um, they're more susceptible to spirit activity. I've heard that, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. The hormones. Um, yes. Um, so she said she could feel the energy. Uh, it was it was very, very powerful and off-putting in that in that room, that portal. Um, she said she knows for a fact that she did have one, and she's not really quite sure. She wants to. She doesn't want to say it was negative because it didn't really feel anything negative. But um, the guy, he wasn't. Or there was a guy. One of the guys wasn't a good guy. You know. Um, as some of the other spirits, some of the activities she had, uh, they just kind of want to make their presence known, and and they kind of did, kind of some some poltergeist stuff, like not really like moving stuff around. That when they saw it, but they moved stuff around. Um, uh, just, she knows the spirits didn't want harm. They just felt uncomfortable knowing that there was something there, and they couldn't physically see it. Uh, when they had moved from the house and out of state. Um, she knows the spirits didn't follow, but they they were definitely not happy when they moved. Uh, when they were getting ready to move to Florida from Georgia, she says the goofs would unpack the boxes that they had packed. <laughs> like, so they would they would pack like the night before they'd get up, and um, everything would be unpacked. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. So, yeah, yeah. So that's just to give you kind of a premise of like some of the stuff that's going on in the house. So it's kind of like like my like my toddler, right? I want them to do something. Or they're just like, 
hey, put this away, and they'll just per- they they will per- purposely put it somewhere else because they don't want to do what I said. Right. It's like the spirit's like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're staying with so, us forever. So she says when the activity began to become a little too much to handle, her family and her decided to do some research on the area to see if there was any wars or anything that took place uh, or anything tragic in the area. Uh, basically anything that they would make sense of uh, why they would be haunted, and they couldn't find anything. Yeah, so five, five spirits, right, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I think about four or five spirits. Um, so they crossed that off the list. There was you know, nothing, no wars, no, no tragic events or anything like that. She said the house was brand spanking new. Her parents were actually building a house, a couple houses down the street, and the contractors messed something up big time, so her parents instead decided to buy a different lot up the street. And she said, we're talking about a two-story North Georgian subdivision home, mostly brick, four-car driveway, two-car garage, a porch with columns, you know, kind of give you an idea of what the house was like. Um, so no, it wasn't the house that was haunted. And usually in these cases, it's, it's not the house, it's, it's the land. So there might have been something that happened there that just never got recorded. Um, <clears throat> so the, uh, I believe they were the first owners of the home, obviously, because they were having it built. Uh, they they started to notice a pattern with the activity. <clears throat> Excuse me. The activity would increase tremendously during certain times of the year, and this went on for years and years. Uh, so they were actually given the opportunity to notice the pattern. She says it would uh, it would be in June and July, uh, the months of her late brother's birthday and death date. So when she was younger, she lost her older brother. Um. When he was five, he was actually, uh, they believe he was murdered um, by his mom's ex-husband's girlfriend. Whoa. They had, they never gotten a, a true answer to the death, though, and the girlfriend was never held responsible. They had zero justice in the losing of her older brother. Um, the coroner basically said that there was teeth imprints in his gums as if someone had pressed a pillow on his face. So she says it was very hard on her mom. And, um, you know, the, the three little boys, they, they knew, uh, not one of them was her brother. So her brother, he, he might've passed over or crossed on, but the, these three little kids, not her brother from what they understood. Um, they do, she does remember, um, there was an, an all black man in a top hat with nothing but a face and no body. Uh, it says two little boys in the house. The other little boy was uh, at the house before. And she says uh, maybe a few others that came in and out of the portal. Uh, at least that's what she felt. And maybe a female spirit as well. Okay. That's just some of the stories. Okay. Um, she does have some more. And so she's on this part of the, the message because we chatted back and forth for a little bit. Um, so this is one of her favorite stories. So she, she laughs about it now, but at the time it wasn't funny. I'm sure. Um, so the Did spare, you say how, how old she was or no? Um, I think she's, yeah, this is about four, 13 okay, or 14 okay. years old. So the spare bedroom where she said she, the, the portal was. Um, at the time, the room was used for storage, not a computer room. I was wrong. Um, so they still had moving boxes in there. Uh, only took her parents a good couple of years to turn it into an actual guest room. So at the time, it was used for boxes. Uh, she also had a, a piano in there. And that is where she practiced, obviously, because that's where the piano was. And this is where she said she was about 13, 14 years old. Her piano was tucked in the back left corner uh, by the wall. And uh, 
She said, I'd still be able to see the door of the room to the left uh, in her peripheral vision. The door leading to the room had a super short hallway, uh, if that's what you call it. It was about two and a half to three feet long and then opened up into her bedroom. Well, in that hallway, there were there were three picture frames stacked together, leaning on it. It started with a small frame, then a medium frame, and a large frame uh, that leaned on the wall. And she kids us not out of her peripheral while practicing her piano one day. Um, she said she got goosebumps while taping this out. She says, I see these those picture frames from the top of them start leaning the opposite direction, so coming off of the wall, mm-hmm. and then slam back against the wall. Uh, she says she never ran so fast in her life. She headed straight for the stairs that led to the first floor. Um, so the stairs were L-shaped, and it went down one flight, kind of angled, and it went down another flight. And after missing the first step down the stairs, oh. for running so fast, uh, she ended up going butt first down the stairs, uh-huh. just a thump, thump, thump all the way down uh, to the first flight of stairs. She tried getting her wits together to stand back up to go to the second flight at that angle, uh, missed the first step again and repeated the course. Uh, she was crying her eyes out once she hit the bottom, and her mom was laughing as she had witnessed and hearing, uh, seeing her burst out of the room and sliding butt down the stairs, butt first down the stairs, you know. Um, she told her mom what had happened about the frames. And that was the end of that. Uh, at that time, they were having so much activity, we were told it was best not to speak about it, uh, what was going on, uh, because that fed into the spirit energy. Uh, so there wasn't much conversation and more of laughing and crying at the end. Uh, this next one, she says, is spooky. It deals with Real quick, that, that, that last story. It sounded like something was trying to get her attention, right? Probably. I mean, moving three picture frames. And then slamming them back And slamming against, against the wall again. That's something trying to get your attention, it seems like to me. Yeah. Wow. Um, so this next one deals with the second little boy that her mom had seen. She says her mom and her were home alone one night, uh, little brother staying at the night at a friend's and she believes her dad was at the gym at the time. So this was around seven or eight o'clock at night. So she was downstairs on the couch watching TV. No lights were on. She heard her mom coming down the stairs. Not a big deal. Uh, she says, I hear her turn the kitchen light on. She hears the click of the, the light switch. And then she hears, oh, shit, Danielle. I told you to stop scaring me. And she's like, uh, they had archways throughout the house, and she would hide behind them when she knew she was coming down the stairs, and she'd pop out and scare her, yelling, boo. But this time it wasn't her. She was still laying on the couch watching TV. So she lifted her head up to see what was going on and trying to figure out what uh, she was getting blamed for. And again, she was... uh, Maybe 14 to 15 at this time. So she got blamed for a lot, she says. Uh, the look on her mom's face as she realized that she was still on the couch <laughs> gives her goosebumps to this day. She went pale, and she says, I mean, like, really pale. She put her hands to her face and just crouched for a second. Uh, and she's, like, freaking out, saying, like, Mom, what, what, what the heck's going on? Uh, her mom told her that she clicked the kitchen light on. She saw two small hands come out peering from the wall and behind uh, and a small head of a boy who had brown straight hair wearing kind of like maybe 18th century a white nightgown that flowed almost to the floor and then quickly pulled himself away and hid back behind the wall. Now to her knowledge she's never seen him again but she did see the other little boy which she'll tell us about another time. Wow. So just imagine that like you know you're getting yelled at because of you know you used to like to scare your mom. Right. 
and you're in the other room. And your mom just got scared in another room. There's no one home. It's just the two of you. Wow. And she sees someone. Scared. You, you, said, scared. you said something about that last week where you thought you saw somebody, right? Where you were watching TV or yeah. laying down in the kitchen and you thought you saw Our video. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, just one more. Okay, She's yeah. She's got one more. Great. It says when she was 15, her parents had started up a hookah business. Nice. Uh, hookah is in the water pipe, but for fruit tobacco, uh-huh. which... Uh, have you, if you've ever done the hookah bar, that's actually kind of fun. I like a it's good hookah. It's tasty. I had a hookah. We've all had a hookah. I've done it at the Green Pig We've all here. Had a hookah? I've had a hookah. I've done the hookah. Okay. Um, they would rent out their hookahs uh, on the weekend nights at the bars, and they probably had up to about 30 of them. So each night after the bar, uh, they'd come home and wash them out and sanitize them. There wasn't any point in her parents tipping over the hookah basted. Um, to drain out the water overnight since they had been used again and filled with water the next day. Uh, they'd all sit in the kitchen countertops overnight to air out. So one night, when they were all bed and sleeping, about 3 a.m., uh, they heard this loud crashing noise. Her dad ran down so fast in his uh, undies down the stairs uh, trying to figure out who had broken in. He searched the entire house. Uh, everything was still locked up. Nothing was out of place. He goes to turn on the kitchen light, and just as he was about to, he noticed the red hookah in the back center of all the others uh, had been clean cut slash diagonally in its center. The top half was on the counter, cracked, but not broken or shattered. Uh, Nothing uh, could have made this happen. She says when it was clean cut, she means uh, someone might have well took a super sharp samurai sword and took a swing at it. Uh, The next day, her mom called her aunt who is very well known in the paranormal world and has had her experiences too um ooh, she goes on to say i'd love to share her ouija board story at another time we would love it um so she said she told her mom that the manga entities do not like the smell of tobacco so maybe it got mad and wanted to teach us a lesson they, they she doesn't know hmm. um good theory so she says uh so keep in adding to my knowledge only because, like she says, uh, we were told not to talk about the activity if possible. So her parents could have had more experiences that than she knows about. Right. They didn't share with her. They didn't really talk about it. Um, they have shared some with her throughout the years, though, and might just have to go to them and get the rest of the stories. So yeah. she might get some more stories. And um, says these are many of the stories. She's excited to share these with us and, and the podcast. So we really appreciate you sharing your yes, stories with do. us. Um, she says she wished she'd been a lot more mature when all the craziness was happening because it was definitely, uh, because I would definitely be handling my own investigations on like paranormal groups that they had come in. So I actually had paranormal groups come in. Okay. Um, one of the times her parents had a, a group come in and uh, she doesn't remember their names because... They would hear an earful from her. Like, she mm. apparently had a bad experience with this team. And she had nowhere to go while they investigated, so they, they put her up in the mud room, like a, a bigger laundry room. The rest of the family were out of the house. And she says, again, she was about um, 13, 14 years old. And while the group was doing their thing, the activity was happening all around her. There's lots of bangs. Uh, again, this is a new house, and her parents had built it. Uh, everything was brand new. So when I when she went to the group, 
she remembered saying to them, hey, y'all might want to check the laundry room because that's where some of the loud bangs are happening around her. Uh, and they had to be loud because I, she had to wear earphones to watch the tablet to be quiet and she'd still hear them. Um, the response was, you're just a kid, you're hearing things. Of course. So she says, needless to say, her parents gave her a brief description as to the findings and they said that the spirits in the house didn't like them very much because they kept getting scratched. Wow. Uh, she says her family, including herself, have never once been scratched or harmed by any spirits. So it says a lot. Hmm. Um, so that was that's just some of her stories, and there'll, there'll probably be more to come. Um, but that's just like as that, that that last one kind of bothers me a little bit. As an, an investigator, as an investigator myself, uh-huh. and again, so she's like she's twenty six now. So this is about 10, 13 years ago, or yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, I've only been doing this for eight years, but you know it just it frustrates me because when I go into someone's house, I listen to everybody's stories and takes uh-huh. everybody take everyone's accounts into into consideration. I don't just dismiss the stuff that people are telling me. You know, I might take some of it with a grain of salt. But I'm going to look into it. Well, I'm not going to dismiss you and tell you that, you know, you, what do you know? Right. Again, the key word is investigator, right? Yeah. When you're investigating, you're getting as much information as you can to get to come up with your conclusion. That was, I wish I knew the name of that team. I, they would hear something from me, too. That's probably not even around anymore, I bet. Probably that's not. The, that's, 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 that's how they just, go about it. That's just frustrating to me as an investigator. Like, you don't dismiss someone so easily. Right, right. And yeah, obviously, like, like, I wonder what they were doing to cause themselves to be scratched when no one in the house has been, <laughs> you know, no one, no one that lives there has had that kind of experience, but the investigators are going to scratch. So yeah, Zach, I mean, I just team. kind of wonder what kind of dipshits these were that came into their house. Right. Or maybe they didn't like them. Maybe they made like the family, but they're like, these guys, these guys suck. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to scratch let's them. Let's kick their ass. Yeah, let's <laughs> Stupid investigators. Danny, great stories. Thank you. Thank yeah, thanks you. for sharing all those. And thanks for everybody. Again, these are these are from all over the country, so we appreciate everyone's stories. Those that was awesome. You know, what? I'll share another story that happened to to myself, um, and this one probably only happened a couple years ago. Okay. Um, Is that when I touched your butt in the cemetery? Not that time. No, this it was uh, this was about, <laughs> this was also when I, I I got touched in this 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 in this episode. I was also touched. <laughs> so, anyways. Uh, do you remember that time both you and Brandy came over and I asked Brandy <laughs> if, uh, if she could sense, because I kept seeing her look at the landing of my stairs and I had always was feeling a presence there Yes. and I didn't know what that was and I didn't. I thought that that was possibly my spirit guide standing there. So I asked her, because I kept seeing her glance at over there, I'm like, do you see him? And she's like, yeah, I'm like, is that my spirit guide? And she's like, no, that's a little boy. And she told me his name and, you know, kind of a, a little story. Like, she was talking to him and finding things out about him. So, anyways, I now that I knew that that was a little boy, and I always had it, like, I would You said him. Sp- Do you see him? Because you, you already had a sense it was a Yeah, male. I already okay. picked up that it was a, a male. Could you tell it was, like, a man or a boy? No, I okay. couldn't tell. That's why I thought it was possibly my spirit guy, because I always felt it staring and looking over the whole, like, room that yeah. I felt that maybe that's why he stood there. But when she told me that and... Um, you know how he was a little boy and all that. So later, I would I would always feel his presence. You know, here and there, not always, but just kind of like sometimes he would be there. Well, there was one night where I felt his presence, and I look over, and he was at the bottom of the stairs, 
And it kind of like, when I glanced over, felt his presence at the bottom of the stairs, he like shot up the stairs. And I was like, that was weird. Anyways, it happened like two or three times. I'm like, is he playing a game or something? Like, you know, some kind of like, I don't know, make me make me look at him and then he runs off, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. hide and seek type thing. I don't know. Well, anyways, I took a picture and then I sent it to Brandy. I'm like, hey, is my little buddy here? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you got to ring that bell. Otherwise, Jesse will get mad. Right. So I'm, uh, is, my, is my little buddy here? Because like I'm telling her what I'm experiencing. And she's like, yeah, he's right there. And most likely he's like playing a game with you. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. Uh-huh. Well, anyways, what the show that I'm watching, I start getting really into it and I'm not paying any attention to him anymore. And after, like, ignoring him for a while, <laughs> I felt this little hand go up the back of my head into wow. my hair, and it freaked me the hell out. I was like, you better knock that shit off, buddy. <laughs> Do you have an idea of his age? It was like six or seven. Yeah, sounds very right. Look at my toddler's three. If I'm not giving her attention, she's, she's up in my face, right? Like, I want that attention. Yeah, yeah, but I, like, scolded him. And, like, freaked out a little bit. And <laughs> I don't think he's came back since. You scared him away, you jerk. You scared him away. Yeah, and I can't really say sorry because I don't know where he's at. Gee, ghosty. Wow. Have you had... I, I felt like a jerk after that. Have you... So, Ghosty <laughs> shared last week about him being touched. They just shared another story. Have you ever had a spirit touch you? Not inappropriately, just touch um, you. I, I think, not 100%. I was investigating um, a clinic, and we were we, we were we were kind of going getting a tour of the place and hearing stories and trying to do a little investigating as we went. And then they said, "Okay, let's go let's go over here." Someone said, one of the people that worked there said, "Let's go over here in this room." And I thought I felt someone poke me, like nudging me, and uh, like in my side. And so I looked down, and um, our friend. Uh, Deanna was was there, but she had rods, and I looked at, I looked at her. She looked at me and she goes, "Did you feel something?" I go, "Did you poke me with those?" No, I said, "Did you did you just poke me with those rods?" And she goes, "No, did you feel something?" And and uh, I said, "Yeah, I thought I thought maybe you might have just poked me with those rods." And she said, "No, she had the rods." She goes, "She goes, hey, did somebody just just touched him?" And then the the rods crossed when she asked that question. The rods crossed, meaning potentially so maybe a spirit crossed them. And they're like, do you, do you think he's cute? And they, they cross the rods again. And they go, maybe it, was a, maybe it was a female. So I don't know if I really got nudged or not. I don't put a lot into rods to begin with, but potentially I was They, they can be used to find water. Right, yeah. Dowsing rods. Yeah, dowsing rods. So potentially I might have been nudged or poked. I should say more poked. You, were, you guys were there for one of my experiences when we were in that paper store. Uh-huh, yeah. When we had, you pulled out, like, I think we used the SB7. Yep. And the Echo Box. Okay, and like yeah. Three different spirit boxes. And we got this, to get the same name across three different spirit boxes was actually really cool. That yeah. just kind of validated that we were getting that name. But while we were sitting there, I remember it felt like some someone grabbed my hand and was holding onto my hand. Right, a, young, a little girl. Yeah. She, she, she said that she you reminded I, her of her brother. Yeah. I remember it was it was the most awkward thing because she wanted to go downstairs where she felt it was safe, and having like walking, you know, you know what it is like walking with a toddler holding their hand. Yes, I do. But you can actually see them, right? Like it was it was <laughs> right. the weirdest experience. Like I could feel her holding my hand uh-huh. as I was walking her through the room and down the but stairs. There. But I'm like, you know, if you were to see me, like if you didn't know the context of what was going on, like say you just walked in the room, 
I'm walking with my hand out like I'm holding a kid's hand. You'd be yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? No, interesting. That I reached over, grabbed your hand. <laughs> that, one, that one was really fun. That was actually cool. The first time I ever, I don't know if I've shared this on this show, but I was at the Fort Douglas Military Museum, and we were in what they called the Navy Room. Um, I'm not sure what it is now. They've remodeled. But I remember it right in the middle of like my forearm, like it just started feeling warm. Wow. And I was with Brandy, and um, I asked her, I'm like, hey, is my arm like warm right here? Like, I'm like, showing like on my wrist it was kind of cold, on above my, of that area was kind of cold, but there was uh, just this warm spot in my arm. Hmm. And it was, uh, it ended up being like a spirit of uh, this older gentleman that uh, I guess I reminded him of his son. So he grabbed onto my arm. And I remember Brandy telling the guy that, um, she's like, this is my friend. You, you're going to have to let go of him. He's coming with me. And I could feel my arm getting warmer. Okay. And like the muscles, I could feel him like constricting, like he was like squeezing, squeezing. harder. Interesting. And it was, it was, uh, this was like when I first started investigating. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd been doing this for only like six months, maybe. And I just remember her going like, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, you have to let go. And so she counted to three. And as soon as she said three, like all that sensation went away. Wow. Like for me, that was one of the neatest experiences. Like just, just being able to feel that. Like it wasn't scary or anything. It was right. just like, I'm just like, holy cow, like my arm's warm. Like this is crazy. Huh. But... But, like, again, I said, like, we're, we go out and we, we look for this stuff. Like, it's, I, I can't imagine what any of you have gone through, like, dealing with this growing up as a like kid. Like a haunting, right? Quote, like, unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as a kid especially. Yeah. Anyway, everyone, thank you for sharing. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. Tell them about this episode. You know, this is being released on, on Halloween Day 2022. Good, it's a good, it's a good episode to share. I think. Now, if you are looking to go ghost hunting yourself, and you want some gear, go check out our link tree or social media. There's a link to our uh, sponsor, our sponsor, where we go and buy all of most of our equipment. I think actually I bought pretty much everything on on this website. But yeah, go click on our link. That will take you to ghostop.com. Um, don't just go there. Click on our link. Yeah. <laughs> um, get that yacht, y'all. We gotta get that yacht. <laughs> Uh, go go check. They got some really good stuff. There's some. We've got our own little list of stuff that we want to buy, that we're looking into, uh, so we can go ghost hunting more and, and bring you more stories of, yeah, of like haunted maybe, locations. Maybe, we'll, maybe on our social media posts, we'll share some of the things that are in our cart and uh, tell you what they are and see if you might be interested in them. All right. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us on the Halloween episode. We'll catch y'all next time. Go see old Playdad. Peace out, butterflies. Happy Halloween. Safe trick-or-treating. This is the EVP Podcast.